Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be prepared. We need to be prepared, of course, against Satan and his assaults. And we're going to use our gospel reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, 20, verses 22 to 29, as, as the basis for our encouragement to be prepared to understand and believe and live our life as if, because it's true, our God wins. Today we're going to look at Jesus' dominion over Satan. Any contest, battle, or challenge begins with a frank and an honest assessment of the adversary. Football, for example, you 49er fans. Who is your major adversary? Seems like the Seattle Seahawks, at least right now, right? So what about this opponent? I suppose the, the coaches and the people who make game plans and things, as well as some of the players are involved in that, uh, what do you look at? Well, you, you look at what are their strengths, right? What particular players do you need to be aware of when, when you make that game plan? Um, what kind of things are, are, are you going, going to try to, to do against them? Do they have any weaknesses? Do they have any strengths? Uh, like... Where is the game played seems to be kind of important, here or, or up there. Um, all things that they work on and think about so you can make a game plan, right? Figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do that. You're going to do what works last time? They may, not, they may know that also, right? Or work on what didn't work last time? Come up with uh, uh, different package, I guess as they call it, or different particular players to, to come in at, at certain times. Whatever it happens to be, if you want to have a chance to win, and who doesn't, right? We want to win. You give a, a game plan, plan it out, practice for it, right? But then the hard part, the execution of that plan, putting that plan into effect. Okay, how about assessment of the adversary in our life. The adversary, of course, we would say is, is, the, is Satan or the devil or in our reading, Beelzebub, the prince of demons. Now, the Pharisees were fully aware of the devil. And in our reading, they even call him one of the devil's names of the time, Beelzebub. They know he's the enemy of all humans, including the enemy of the Jewish people. They were even familiar, real familiar, with one of the aliases, right? The Garden of Eden snake. They had seen the game film about the Old Testament account where that ancient serpent, the devil, led the whole world astray. They knew that he started out against Adam and Eve, a perfect Adam and Eve. And when they sinned, that loss was put on the record of all people, including you and including me. Satan is our enemy, our adversary. Satan even means that, means adversary. Devil means deceiver, slanderer. Devil is the father of lies. Beelzebul is the god of flies. So not only is the devil mankind's enemy, foolishly, He's also God's enemy, and he's going to take on God. And here he's going to try to take on Jesus. So I have to remember that 
at all times, our God wins. But Satan is not alone in uh, being adversaries. He has uh, a multitude of evil angels, demons, if you will, that also do his work and do his bidding. And sadly, some of Satan's teammates are humans. We see here the example of uh, the Pharisees. But when the Pharisees heard this, since the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan has convinced humans to be on his team, to hate the true God and do anything and everything they can do to work against God's plan of, of saving and forgiving of people through Jesus Christ. So before we pick up stones and start throwing them at the Pharisees, remember at one time we were born into his team. We wore his uniform when we were unbelievers. The game plan. What's the game plan of Satan? I think it varies. Satan is very adaptable to any and every situation. He's had a long time to, to learn his, his skills. What's he going to just look at? Well, he's going to look at what's going on in a person's life. What is the time situation? Well, how powerful is the opponent that they're going against? Well, at the time when Jesus walked this earth, Satan was aware of the danger to his kingdom. If Jesus carried out what he came to do, all was lost. So we have almost a, a, a panic attack by Satan. He blitzed at every opportunity. One plan was not just to tempt humans to sin, but to actually occupy them, to possess them, their body and their minds, with the ultimate hope to possess their souls for all eternity. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man, one that, that the devil, the demon, had taken over. Some aspects of Satan's plan are are prevalent and, and work over time. Maybe others he has to change and vary. But one of his primary ones is the, one, the first one he used, right? It's the Garden of Eden question God. Did God really say? Heard that question put in, in different forms today in, in the world that we live in? Did God really say things about social issues and sexual activities? Did God really say? And being that, being that Jesus is truly fully human, as he is truly and fully God, Jesus knew that he could be tempted. And he did tempt him. We remember one of the, the temptations when Jesus began his public ministry and out in the wilderness, right at a very crucial time, the onslaught was great against Jesus. How about the devil's execution of the plan? Adam and Eve sinned and passed it on. Satan was able and is able to possess people. We had that one example in our reading of this demon-possessed man that they brought. But sadly, we see on Satan's team people like the Pharisees, 
Now, the Pharisees were very religious people. They supported the church. They went to church. They were the church in their eyes. But they were traitors. They were really working for the opponent. They were really trying to throw the game, even though they did not know it themselves. They were brainwashed into thinking they were supporting God. Remember the Apostle Paul, right? He was defending his God when he went after them Christians. But he was working against, against God, against Jesus Christ him, himself. What a dangerous world we live in. How horrible is Satan and his tactics. How powerful is he? How susceptible humans are. See, Satan still works those game plans today. Beware of devil's schemes. And remember, he can even work in the so-called church. He can work through religious activities, and he does. Does that kind of scare you? It scares me at times. That's why I have to remember our God wins. And he, he truly does. Our God wins. What do you think about the world? What's your perspective? How are things going? See, I think if most of us would be honest, we'd probably say not too well, right? Hey, you turn on the TV or open the newspaper, right? You have the Ukraine and Russia, you know, going at it. Um, the economy here, some maybe you out of a job. Price of gasoline alone, right? Just skyrockets. I mean, we have the people who are supposed to help figure out some of these earthly things, you know, the uh, government people. We have the Democrats and the Republicans and the Tea Party people. They can't get along with one another. Uh, arguing seemingly constantly, no compromise at all. And things like this gets, go from bad to worse. Oh, we had some rain, but, but there's a drought, right? Things still aren't okay there. Say nothing about the family and, and personal problems that, that come up, right? Health issues, um, all the other things. See, it's enough to get one downright frightened. Maybe uh, a little discouraged or depressed. Well, when that happens, and if I hear people you know, talking about those real-life issues, usually in the entryway, I'll come up to them in my uh, simplistic, idealistic world that I seem to be living in and say to them, I don't know about all those troubles you're talking about, but I know one thing for sure. Our God wins. Jesus is victorious, always victorious. Let's take a look at Jesus' dominion over Satan, part of his total victory. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? 
Now, that term for them was a very important term. That was a, a messianic term. Could this be the Christ, the Messiah, that one that has been promised for generation after generation that's going to come and save us and rescue us? Could this be him? I mean, he was supposed to do certain things. I mean, the, the, the blind would see, the deaf would talk, the lame would walk. He's doing all of these things. Could this be him? Now? That means our God wins. Right? That was the correct assessment they were to make. Of the, that's what the miracles are all about. Give an ear. Give a listen. There's some evidence this guy is, is different, is powerful. Who really is he? And he told them who he really was. Demons have no place when Jesus is in town. See, the devil and demons, they know who Jesus is. And they fear him because they should because they must do what he says. And if he says leave, they must leave. And they did. The man was totally clean and healed. For him, he could say, oh, I got one. Look, look what happened to me. And it's not just an interesting story of happened long time ago. Our God wins in our lives also. At one time, we were demon-possessed, if you will, unbelievers. Satan under total control. And then Jesus came into our life. Maybe through the message of the gospel that someone shared with you. Maybe when you were a baby at a baptismal font. When Jesus... Working through his promise, right? Sending that Holy Spirit to work on water is applied in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. Faith was created, Satan booted out. You know, sometimes when you do a baptism and if the baby is not real happy or whatever and the baby cries or bellers or something, then afterwards, you know, I'll come see, yeah, like you could hear when the devil went out, right? Uh, um, well, the devil goes out, rather, whether the baby cries or the baby smiles, it, it, it's still because the devil has to obey Christ, and Christ casts that devil out. Total control, no longer. But the game is not over. The battle still goes on. Satan does not give up. He just changes his mode and his methods and comes to attack us again and again with one temptation after another. And sadly, we still cling to that sinful nature. There's a little Pharisee in each one of us. Remember then, another part of Jesus' victory is illustrated by Jesus' victory over Satan's temptations in the wilderness. You remember those, those three major temptations? Now, it doesn't mean that Jesus was tempted three times and then scot-free for the rest of his life. No, he was tempted every day of his life. But these are mentioned and recorded because it happened at a critical time. And you get a little view of how Satan can work. Not only on Satan, not only on Jesus, right? You know, but on, on you and me. You get hungry. We humans get hungry. Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. It's... So Satan comes, the logical temptation, right? These stones here, you know, whatever size they are. Tell them to be bread and satisfy yourself. Follow my solution to your earthly needs. Heard that one lately? Kind of like, okay, Jesus, you know, you're this powerful son of God. Do your thing, you know. Make some bread, make some bread. 
And Jesus uh, responds by quoting the Bible. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, right? Use that word of God. It's powerful. Okay, that was fine. I can use the word of God too. Um, took him to this tall tower of the temple. I said, jump off. Because the Bible says the angels will catch you and you won't even hurt your feet. Remember that. The devil knows God's word very well and can quote it at any time in any situation. Don't be surprised if he does that for you too. So Jesus quotes the powerful word of God again. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. I mean, what a foolish thing to do, Satan, or people like you and me. Then the last of the three was really a big one. It's like he says, I want to make your job easier. Uh, if you're going to accomplish what you think you say you're going to accomplish, you know, I think you're going to suffer an awful lot. Because God's really angry with sin. He's not just fooling around with sin. You want these people, you want these people to, to worship you and, and be yours? I'll give them all to you. I got power here on this earth, Jesus. Just bow down one time to me. Just acknowledge me as superior to you one time. I'll give you everything. The devil offers us us so-called everything, too, if we just bow down and follow him, right, and worship him. I mean, it was a lie to Jesus and a lie to you and me. So what does Jesus say? Simply worship the Lord your God only. And what happened? V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory. Once again, our God wins. And that victory that Christ has earned benefits us and goes on and on every day in every way. See, God's plan is a perfect plan and carried out by a perfect Jesus. He always followed God's will. He never gave in to Satan. He put Satan in his place. He, he used God's word. He used his power as the son of God. That one promises to protect you and be with you. Not a moment of the day goes by, or night, when Jesus is not with you, right? That's his promise. Great commission, right? Baptize, make disciples, right? He says, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Even if it gets tough towards the end of the age, I'll be with you always. The Almighty God, Jesus Christ, is with you. Our God wins. How can you lose? Then he also reminds us of the other protection gift, or one of the other protection gifts he gives us. He says, I will give you guardian angels, powerful spiritual beings that will watch over you and guard you and protect you against those evil beings that are out there. Wow, right? 
But I can't see them, Pastor. Well, we might not be able to see the drones these people are going to have fly over our heads either, but the guardian angels are better than those drones any day. And our God gives us that same powerful word. Word of scripture that enables us to say, Satan, get behind me. Satan, leave. And they're Jesus' words. And Satan must follow. Sadly, we don't always use that power. We don't always look to those guardian angels. We don't always, uh, you know, ask Jesus, what should I do in this situation? And we sin. The devil tempts us continuously, and we sin. And thankfully, that's when we are reminded that Jesus did not bow down to Satan. He did not give in one time. He walked the walk all the way to the cross. We, we concentrate on that during the Lenten season, uh, how important that is. See, Jesus took care of all of our sins and the shame and the guilt that Satan would like to throw up in our face on an ongoing basis. He took it to the cross, right? There, Jesus' victory over Satan is is crushing finally of Satan's uh, head as promised in the Garden of Eden. That victory is complete, and that victory is ours. When Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished. It is finished. Jesus' victory is also over Satan's allies. And a large section of this reading talks about Jesus interacting with the Pharisees. Okay, They were the religious leaders. They had a lot of influence with the people. They were constantly on him, badgering him for one thing or another. Finally, he just had it with them and didn't deal with them. But he's still giving them the opportunity, if you will, time of grace here. And he uses the kind of methods they're using. Right? He uses logic and reason with them. And I guess that's a reminder for us. We can use logic and reason when we're talking to with other people. Logic and reason is useful to some, to some aspect. Does that logic and reason create faith in anybody's hearts? No. It's the word of God about Jesus that does. But it can maybe level the playing field, right? So he engages in their thought process here. When uh, the Pharisees heard uh, the people say, maybe this is the son of David... Uh, they said, it is only by Beelzebul that the prince, of, the prince of demons that this fellow drives out demons. Okay? You know, obviously Satan can tell, tell his, his uh, demons and these other fellow evil angels what to do, and they'll do it. He's the head. Right? So there's some, some logic to that. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, okay, let's follow that along. He says, every kingdom divided uh, against itself eventually will be ruined, right? You can't keep fighting against yourself and, and not uh, end up uh, you know, hurting each other and, and be ruined. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. So if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How can his kingdom stand? Do you ever wonder why the Pharisees aren't big fans of Jesus? He defeats them every time, right? I mean, he comes up with these kinds of thoughts, and what are they going to say in return? Again and again, he makes fools of them so that perhaps they will look to him, listen to him, and believe in him. 
So he goes on. He says, okay, let's take the premise that I drive the demons out by Beelzebul. Okay? By whom do your people drive them out? By Beelzebul too? So your people are, are, are in cahoots with Satan too? Then the big spiritual question, the challenge to them, the opportunity for them. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Consider that, Pharisees. Consider that, ladies and gentlemen, young people. If Jesus is who he says he is and drives them out by the Spirit of God, then God's kingdom, his rule, his final victories is here. And the battle will be over soon. And he is, right? He is who said he was. And the battle was over soon. The victory was going to happen soon. Oh, it cost a lot, though, wouldn't it? It cost Christ his very life and the suffering that went with that. And he was more than willing so that you and I could be confident that our God wins. See, victims of Satan, and, and we can be that so easily, right? Are reminded what Jesus did. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed them so that he could both talk and see. May we be a part of all the people who were and are astonished and say, could this be the Son of Man? And answer, yes, indeed. And because of it, our God wins. And so do we. Amen.